What's happening, coaches? It's Pete here. Hey, I want to talk to you today about active listening. It's one of those things that you'll hear in coaching training a lot. And it's one of those things where a lot of people kind of use as their backstop to a lot of things. Well, I think it just requires a lot of active listening. Now, I think active listening has a lot of nuance to it. There are a lot of different components on it. I could do a whole video series on what that means because I think we we hear that as like really intently listening, you know. I am listening to every word. I'm hanging on every word. I'm, you know, it's every word that gets fed into my brain. We're processing like a computer. And that can be true. I'm not saying it's not a piece of it, but I want to give you some of my thoughts because I think it's really almost, it's almost too easy to say uh, you should just active listen. And a lot of people are like, what does that mean? And I just want to talk to you about that today because I think one of the things that active listening means for me, one of the main things is that I'm really in the conversation. And here's one way that I can diagnose whether I'm really into that conversation. And the way is that I'm actually in a conversation. So as people are talking, I'm just listening to that. And whatever they're saying is going to fire off some logical questions for me. And it's not just financial coaching. You'll notice this in any conversation that you have. You know, I met a guy and he, um, I was waiting for my car at the dealership and there was another guy waiting and we were just talking about kind of what we did for a living. And he uh, does, he builds and designs sensors for mining equipment. And I kind of found that fascinating because I'm not that familiar with the industry, but it was kind of fascinating, kind of the different technologies they were using that you would think are more appropriate in like high tech businesses and some of these other things and using those on mining equipment. And I was just asking natural questions, right? Um, I was asking questions about like, okay, well, why don't you just measure the grease levels instead of kind of measuring vibration? And, you know, one of the reasons is he's like, you know, a lot of these machines are so, um, have so such tight tolerances, they don't need as much grease. And so you have very minimal amounts of grease or lubricants. So just measuring those sometimes isn't a warning enough. And basically what we want is, is to head off problems, not just read a zero. Like, you know, in your car, you might have an oil gauge. And if it reads zero, you're in trouble, right? It's not necessarily saying like you're 2% low. And so it's something to check. And so he, he was saying that, you know, one of the reasons we don't do that is we're trying to use sensors for preventative uh, issues, trying to uh, avoid doing um, repairs, trying to uh, queue up maintenance, right? And so it was just kind of an interesting conversation and I was learning a lot about it. And what I realized is that I was using active listening, not because I was trying to, but because I was really interested in what he was doing and kind of the innovations he was making there. And I was just asking questions that were coming natural to me because I wanted to learn more. And he was super happy. And, you know, it's funny because he's like, are you in the mining industry? And I'm not, no, I'm not even close. You know, the, the closest I've ever come is I've watched Gold Rush Alaska, you know, and the guys mining for gold up there. But my point to this is that any conversation you have, if you are just in that conversation as a as an active participant in it, you probably will just have a question after someone says things. You will probably find that in most conversations that you have with your friends, whether you're talking about sports or the weather or whatever it is, there probably aren't long, awkward pauses. And the pause is what I think scares a lot of financial coaches. Now, you can have some pauses, but I think in a lot of my sessions, there aren't that many because I have a natural question to ask after anything they've said or to, you know, feed in some of my thoughts or whatever it is. So really, there's this uh, kind of quick bounce back. There's this volleying of information and questions and dialogue kind of naturally. And I bring this up because a lot of coaches will usually go in with their power questions. And I've seen exercises. I don't even have any right in front of me. But I've seen questions or exercises where people go in and say, what are your power questions? What are the really powerful questions that get to the heart of the matter? And I've seen coaches write down a lot of these questions, you know, like, 
what what gets in your way or what's extinguishing your light you know and and kind of these flowery power questions and then when they get stuck with something they go to their power question list um and to me that's not a problem but to me what it's saying is that they weren't listening well enough to the client's comments before to have a natural question. And I think the natural question is going to be more powerful than the power question. Now, I found myself using more powerful questions naturally when I'm active listening, right? So, um, you know, I've talked to some people about why they charge what they charge, you know, and some of the financial coaches and they say, well, I charge $20 an hour. Why do you charge $20 an hour? And some will say, well, I didn't think that person had $50. Okay, well, that's a valid question. Um, I've heard some people say, well, I, I don't know. I mean, and I'll say, well, it seemed like that person was pretty wealthy, so they had the money, but it seems like you lowballed them. Was it a, was it worry about maybe being rejected and saying, oh, I'm not going to pay $50 an hour? Is it the idea that I wasn't, you're not worth it, right? So, you know, there are some more powerful questions that get people thinking, you know, um, why did you do that? What, what was the reason for that decision? You know, and they can be very simple. But what I usually don't do is have a list of questions that I go to. Now, if I'm going to interview someone, and I've done this before, you know, guess, I will have lots of questions that I want to ask them because sometimes I just don't want to um, miss some questions that I wanted to get asked. And sometimes you do. You're, you're kind of thinking about the next question and they're going off on a tangent. And it's not something really in your... Uh, area of expertise and it can be hard, hard to follow and stuff like that. So you'll see a lot of professional interviewers have queued up questions. But in the financial coaching relationship, we need to really be on the same page. This isn't going to be a one and done. We're really trying to work with someone side by side, right? An interviewer, in any interview, a podcast, a, a television show, any of that, they're going to be done with that guest and they're going to be gone, right? They just need to encapsulate everything that they're going to get from that person in that segment. But for us, because it extends beyond that, we just need to have that conversation. I think having that conversation, having a natural conversation where they feel like that was fluid and comfortable and true and genuine and honest for, say, an hour is more important than getting in some of our power questions that don't necessarily fit right, if that makes sense. So to me, one of the rules about active listening, one of the components is just um, asking the natural question that comes up in that conversation, just having a real conversation. And that just requires us to listen and then ask the things that we need to ask. And that also means that sometimes the question might seem stupid and we might be reluctant to ask that. Like, um, can you explain to me what that, what that means? You know, sometimes, a client has a lot of information on something. They might say, listen, uh, you know, I'm I'm doing a, a 1031 exchange on real estate. Uh, okay, I'm not really familiar with it. Can you explain what that means? Oh, yeah, I, I have this investment property, and basically I want to avoid reporting the capital gains, so I want to roll over my equity into something else, right? So they can explain that. And so, you know, it's okay to ask those, and that just keeps the conversation going. And I think that's a really key piece to it. So that's that's one piece. That is not all of active listening. But I, what I wanted to break down here were um, some of the components to some of these things that we use very commonly in coaching, and yet we often don't necessarily get into the details. So hopefully that helps as you kind of think about what is active listening for you. I'll see you later.